Hello San Pedro Podcast, episode 61. You are listening to the Hello San Pedro Podcast. I'm Amanda, your host. Join me as I talk to amazing people within our community, business owners, community activists, local leaders, and people like you and me who love San Pedro. This is a place where we'll share big ideas, discuss hot topics, and spread good vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Silva. Ah, Take three on my intro. Um, First, I just want to say, you know, this episode might be a little bit longer than our normal episodes. Um, Lee and I have a really long, extensive conversation about everything that's been going on. Um, A couple things I wanted to acknowledge before we get right into it. Um, First, I want to acknowledge where we are in the news cycle. I know that all of you have been um, just bombarded with content relating to George Floyd and his death and everything that followed after, including protests and riots and looting and subsequent police brutality and politics. And um, yeah, and now even the funeral and the coverage of what um, George Floyd's family had to say and how his name is a global symbol. Um, I, I wanted to acknowledge that and I wanted to say thank you for tuning into this podcast today. Um, last week I had Pastor Josh and Boomi Canales. They are the head pastors of Mission Ebenezer Family Church in Carson. Um, I felt it was necessary to have some spiritual guidance, um, to, to, initially address this issue because when it happened last week it was so fresh people were so raw and so emotional about everything and I and I thought that their response to this was incredibly um guided and wise um and I and I appreciated that um I did think that it was necessary to have another conversation about all of it that's happened with um a a leader you know, on a hyper local level with a community leader from San Pedro. Um, before I go on to other stories and other interviews and other podcast topics, I really thought it was important that we sit down and hear from a local leader about what's going on. And, um, you know, on social media, I had a hard time finding the, the, the leaders speaking out about this. There, of course, political leaders were, um, which of course they had to. Um, but, I, I re- there was one voice that really stood stood out among all of the voices on social media, and that was Lee Williams. And um, Lee Williams is our guest today for the podcast. He is the chairman of the board for the um, St. Pedro Chamber of Commerce. He is a local community leader. He, I mean, every w- major St. Pedro event, um, he is there. You'll notice him. Uh, you'll know him by his big smile. He's probably shaking hands with everybody. Such an amazing, friendly guy. Um, so well connected. He's always there to help and listen. Um, so one of the voice, so his voice was the one that really stood out to me because it felt like a very level headed, um, mild mannered response to what was going on. Um, especially when there was a lot of emotional posts and reactions to 
what happened. And, you know, I am just as guilty as everyone else. You know, this has been an emotional moment for me. Um, the past two weeks have been really frustrating and distressful. And, um, you know, all of the videos and articles and things that I'm reading, they're, they're heartbreaking, um, which is a word I use a lot throughout this episode. So bear with me. Um, but Lee's voice, there was something about Lee's voice. Um, and when I say Lee's voice, I mean what he had to say on social media that really was inspiring. Um, and I felt made a a lot of sense. So I, I asked him to join the podcast and I was really happy that he was able to join us yet again uh, for another episode. His last episode, um, I think is probably one of the most uh, listened to episodes <laughs> on the podcast. Um, so I highly recommend going and listening to that one. I'll, I'll do my best to link it in the show notes. Um, but yeah, so I'm grateful that he was able to come on. I know that this um, topic has been incredibly divisive for our nation. It's become inherently political. Um, and I and we can see that it's been divisive for our own community and for our own families and for our own friendship relationships, which we see on social media. Um, and I, I really I know that this this episode might be controversial f- because of that. Um I just want to say that my goal with the podcast is never to create division um, or spread negativity, but to do the opposite, um, create unity and spread positivity and to shed light on really important issues. So um, that's something that I really wanted to do here. And if you take away anything, I really hope that you remember these four things. This is the goal Um, that I hope we as St. Petrans can strive to, and that is unity, understanding, healing, and hope. Um, Yeah, so um, after a much-needed break, we're going to go ahead and get right into the episode. All right, guys, as we know, um, our local restaurants and cafes really need our support right now, so we're going to take some time to shout a few out. Yeah, so in the May issue of San Pedro Today magazine, we put together a restaurant takeout and delivery, a quick reference guide. It was the inside back cover to the magazine. You can check it out online right now at sanpedrotoday.com in case you don't have your May issue lying around. But there are some restaurants that support the magazine and they want to be a part of this guide. And because of that, we're going to give them uh, a quick shout out uh, now. Yeah, so. now and in the next few episodes. Yeah. So <laughs> you'll, you'll hear it again. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and give some shout outs. Uh, shout out to Big Nick's Pizza. You can order online at bignickspizza.com. Shout out to Bono's Pizzeria. You can order online at bonospizza.com. Shout out to Jolly Burrito. You can order online at jollyburrito.com. Shout out to Texco. I have to say real quick that they catered my wedding. <laughs> uh, you can order online at texcorestaurantpv.com. Shout out to Happy Deli. You can order online at happydelisp.com. Shout out to Sandwich Saloon. You can order online at sandwichsaloondeli.com. And shout out to West Coast Phillies. You can order online at westcoastphillies.com. And for those of you looking for breakfast in the morning or coffee and pastries, we got the Churry Man. You can order online at thechurryman.com. You can also Colossus Bread. Uh, they are just open for delivery and uh, quick takeout only. So you can order online at ColossusBread.com. 
And of course, there's Happy Diner in downtown San Pedro at happydinersp.com. They also have another location on Gaffey. And of course, the uh, always popular Pacific Diner. And they don't have a website per se, but you can look them up on facebook.com slash Pacific Diner. And of course, uh, the brand new uh, coffee delivery uh, guy, Paul's uh, Trinity CBC Coffee, which is great. You can order online. Uh, they deliver at trinitycbc.com. And if you're looking for some great seafood, we have some a uh, couple great seafood places. Crazy Fish on Western. You can order from them at crazyfish.com. Uh, over in uh, Palos Verdes, the Great American International Seafood Market has a plenty of stuff. You can order online over there at greatamericanseafoodmarket.com. And in downtown San Pedro, there's Pappy Seafood at pappyseafood.com. And of course, the, uh, the biggest market on the coast, San Pedro Fish Market. You can order on Grubhub from them, and you can also go online at sanpedrofish.com. All right, and for dinner and lunch, if you are feeling hungry, shout out to San Pedro Brewing Co. You can order for them at sanpedrobrewing.com. You can order from Sunny's Bistro at sunnysbistro.com. Shout out to Think Cafe. You can order from them at thinkcafesanpedro.com. And of course, there's the famous Whale and Ale, where you can order at whaleandale.com. Also, just to let you know, you can order from most of the popular delivery services online. You can order um, through them for most of these restaurants as well. Yes, so look them up on Grubhub, Postmates, whatever your favorite app is. They'll probably be there. Yeah. Um, And don't forget to support our local businesses. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. I know it's not an easy one to have, but I really appreciated our talk last week. Um, So Lee Williams, thank you for joining me. Yeah, good to be here. Thank you for having me again. Um, I was hoping, you know, I, I don't know if you heard the last episode, but, you know, after everything that's gone on in our country and the incident, um, which was George Floyd's death and um, everything that sparked national protests, it, it was impossible to not talk about it here on the podcast. Um, and I feel like there's a little bit more that needs to be said. You know, I had uh, my family's pastor and his wife on for the episode last week, and they had a lot of really wonderful things to say. Um, but I, I was hoping to find a local voice and, and, and I really enjoyed your post. I have, you're highly respected in this community. Um, so I really wanted to make sure we could hear from you. Um, so thank you. Yeah. I I try not to, um, I'm trying really hard to listen, to be honest, um, with all that's going on. It took good week and a half, two weeks for me to really process everything that was kind of going on in my head. And, um, and I, I'm absolutely still processing as I feel like a lot of us are. Um, and this is a, a difficult situation. It was, it, a lot of people want to say that it was, um, uh, started with, you know, George Floyd, but this has been a symptom that has, you know, been America's illness for so very long, for decades and hundreds of years, actually. And, and it's, it's um, I think and I feel and I hope 
that we're finally gaining the momentum so that people are beginning to get it and understand it and um, understand what it means. And so um, I'm optimistic that we're going to see some change, hopefully. I am too. I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic. I have faith too in our younger generation who is watching all of this, you know, yes. and I, and I hope that they can, they can see with fresh eyes what's happening here and with access to information so readily available, I hope that people are doing the homework, you know, to really learn about what's happening here. Why are people so upset? What is the problem? What's our history? Well, what does that mean? What does this mean? You know, I really hope people are doing the homework. Um, yeah, but it comes down to being decent, right? For me, a lot of the conversations, I went to a military academy in the South for high school. And a lot of my friends, you know, I was definitely conservative for most of my life. And a lot of my friends are still very conservative, Republican. Um, and, and this should have nothing to do with any of that. It, it's just common decency. Like when I talk about Black Lives Matter, I don't want to hear, well, what about black on black crime, you know? When I talk about Black Lives Matter, I don't want to hear that it's anti-police because it's not. I when I you know it, it's not about um, you know I get these people that are sending me videos of black people that are um, that are uh, trying to spin the message into something that it's not. It, it's really just about decency. It's about watching the video of George Floyd and having a visceral response reaction that elicits a response that moves us forward. It's not about defending what happened. It's not about trying to glamorize what happened either. It's about taking what happened and acknowledging that kind of thing happens way too often. And, um, and we have, you know, our kids that have to, parents that have to sit down with their kids and talk about, this is what you need to do as a black man. Um, and, and this is what you need to expect if you're in a situation with police. And um, it's it's a complicated issue. I, I'm sorry to go off on on that tangent, but but it's just it's really simple. And I think people are trying to overcomplicate it. It's about decency and responding in a decent way to a horrible tragedy. I don't think it's a tangent at all. I, I hear you. Um, you know, you and I have already had a conversation about this and we definitely, um, we, we see, we, we're seeing from, <laughs> from open eyes, you know, I feel like, um, I feel like a lot of the reason why I wanted to have you on though is, is so we could kind of digest it together. You know, I think a lot of people, I mean, you said it perfectly, you know, you're still processing. I'm still processing. It was hard to put out an episode last week because myself and my guests were still processing, you know, and it's hard to, it's hard to talk about this issue without getting political. And that shouldn't be the case. I, it shouldn't I, be the case. It's, yeah. this has nothing to do with, you know, Democrats and Republicans. And somehow it became 
it became that, you know, it's become that across the country. Um, we all should have seen the video of George Floyd and what happened to him. And we all should have been, um, you know, heartbroken and disgusted that right. the behavior is tolerated. And hopefully that video wasn't the only one you saw. Hopefully you are hearing from more people who have come out with their stories of how they've been affected, how other areas where the system has completely failed our African-American communities just over and over again, over and over again. I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I'm personally, yeah, I'm doing the homework. I'm doing my best to become completely educated because now I realize I have a podcast and I have to know what I'm talking about, you know, right. and I have to be confident in what I'm saying and not be swayed by people who may not have that understanding. Um, and I appreciate your podcast in the fact that you're always looking for the positive message. You're always looking, okay, about, okay, so here's our situation. How do we make improvements to the world? How do we use our experiences to become better people, to become better community members, and to contribute in a way that affects other people in a positive and lasting way? Yeah. And so it, it's interesting. Um, during the, the protest, I, I guess prior to the protest even, um, the three things I really thought of in terms of San Pedro were um, first, <coughs> excuse me, first, San Pedro is a town that was born out of protest. San Pedro has a rich and deep history of protest in terms of labor, in terms of things that aren't right, in terms of getting our jail open. Um, San Pedro gets protests. And so, you know, the first nights of, of some of the protests that affected San Pedro, uh, a lot of people really understood that. Second, looting is not protest. Destruction is not protest. Mm -hmm. And those are people that are trying to distract and detract from the message just as much Mm -hmm. is people on the other side that are telling black people to sit down, mm -hmm. telling black people not to kneel during the national anthem, mm -hmm. telling black people that they need to be more like Martin Luther King. You, you remember, you killed Martin Luther King, you know? And so it's it, it just, um, you know, looting is obviously not a part of um, any of the protests or any of the message. And then lastly, um, you know, we've been suffering for so long with COVID and just being locked indoors. And our businesses just finally saw the light in terms of, you know, an opportunity to reopen. And to me, it was personally devastating that all of this had to happen at the tail end of, you know, some of that. So um, it was interesting walking around downtown, talking to the business owners. You know, they obviously supported the protest and the message. They obviously were going to protect their businesses from looting. And they, um, you know, they wanted to figure out a way to try to keep and support San Pedro businesses because we're definitely, it breaks my heart, but we're definitely at risk of losing some of our businesses um. due to COVID. Yeah, I I love our small businesses. I I personally want to advocate for them. You know, I've always felt mm -hmm. like they need our support. Um, and when all of this hit, it was like such 
a terrible thing because it really did impact a lot of our business owners. And then on top of it, we are reopening and now they have to board up their walls and close again. It was, it wasn't, it was really heartbreaking to see because these business owners need to go out and make more money now. You know, this is their time. They waited long enough. Um, you know, since we're, since we're talking kind of about that, I was hoping we could hit on, on some of the photos that you took. I saw your post and you, you posted some really wonderful pictures, the community coming together, protect our small businesses. I saw a lot of, um, pictures of, uh, you know, people boarding up their, their windows, but, you know, putting Black Lives Matter on it, BLM or minority owned business, we stand with you. And I loved seeing the solidarity even within our business owners while they were protecting it from potential looters or rioting, you know? Um, there was another photo that became a little bit controversial. And even I like just barely touched on it in the last episode and I didn't want to get into it there. But there was a photo that you took of, um, of Big Nick's, uh, Big Nick's Pizza, right? And we saw, I mean, if you didn't know the context, you were just looking at a, a white guy with a gun. <laughs> and a big gun. A big gun. Yeah, like a very <laughs> big gun. And I, I was taken back by that. I was just like, whoa, like, that's not exactly what I want to see more of in my community, you know. And that wasn't the only photo. I saw other photos of other business owners, you know, standing proudly with their guns, you know, all white men. And you know, I, I really feel for the business owner because I want to be a business owner one day. You know, I, I want to do nothing but advocate for a small business community. Um, I wanted to hear from you a little bit about what it was like to approach that situation and take a photo and what you think sparked a lot of the controversy in your own words. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was a really interesting moment because um, like I said, I've been listening a lot, right? I've been trying to um, reserve judgment and try to listen and understand and hear people. And it was interesting, it went over, you know, I support our local businesses like nobody's business. I, I think, you know, buying local, shopping local is important. So I go to uh, Big Nick's um, and, you know, it's right around the corner from the police station, right? And they were having a protest and, you know, um, they decided to post up a um, security guy with a really large rifle right in front. And I admit I was a little taken aback at first, right? It, it was kind of an interesting um, visual walking up. So I stopped and I, I talked to him and, and I asked him if I could take a photo. And he said, yes, absolutely. And then I, I asked, you know, I got talking to him. He was, if you had closed your eyes, you would have imagined he was Santa Claus. If you didn't see that visual, his voice, he was so kind. And everyone that walked in, you know, welcome to Big Nick's. Everyone that walked out, thank you for your business. And there were protesters coming in for pizza. There were, um, you know, people that were coming in and, and visiting Big Nick's. And, and the thing I walked away with, um, and, and I saw that they issued an apology. And the apology wasn't for me. The apology were you know, for the folks that were um, offended. And it makes sense that some people were offended. I get that 100%. What I don't get is some of the cancel culture where all of the great works, all of the commitment to the community, all of the um, passion that John McGackis has for this community, 
and you know the hours and tens of hours he spends every week donating to our community for some people that went out the window just based on one photo and so i caution folks on on taking you know a stand based on one moment in time and based on one you know action that that may not have been the best decision we all make mistakes it like i said before it's all about decency it's all about the fact we're human we make mm -hmm. mistakes we acknowledge those mistakes and we move on right yeah. and it, it it really the thing that upset me it, it didn't seem like it happened a lot most people stood up in support of big nexus they should have uh the thing that bothered me is people were um very quick to um, distance themselves or to uh, to try to say that they'd never go to Big Nicks again, which I think is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they, John has actively participated in protests for ILWU, and he was walking alongside me at the um, at the uh, Black Lives Matter protests on Saturday. So, um, so let's just take a step back acknowledge people make mistakes and um and i think it was a good teachable moment for folks that that um let's not be so quick to cancel folks just on based on one mistake i'm really glad that you mentioned cancel culture because it's just so it's like so trendy right now to be like well canceled you know this person did that boop canceled you know and um i understand i understand the logic of it because you know when somebody does something that's messed up if you will you don't want to to keep supporting that person you know what i mean yeah. but when we look at our community like hey like we are all san pedrans and we all need to stick together as a community um when when i saw that photo i was taken back and i didn't want to get into it really on the podcast last week um, but over the last week, I saw all of the comments. I saw everything that went on. I did see the apology. Uh, but even for me personally, people were actually reaching out to me to say like, hey, I'm not cool with this. I'm not cool that they did that. Can you, they wanted me to go and talk to, to you know, John Vigakis. And I was like, mm -hmm. ooh, okay, well, we'll see. And I saw the apology and I immediately was like, thank you. Thank you for apologizing. Now, I know a lot of people don't understand the reason why they had to apologize because they were um, defending their business. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna say defending their business at all costs because that's what a gun means, you know? Yeah. It I, think, I think it was costs. more of a deterrent. I think if you walk to that corner and you saw the big guy with the gun, you're like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to uh, go yeah. there. And, and I have to admit, I, I felt like there were people that could have potentially um, done some damage to San Pedro. Yeah. But um, I feel like that was a deterrent. I feel like people standing in front of their businesses were a deterrent. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a big socially distanced block party. Yeah. And and neighbors were getting to know neighbors and from a distance. And I felt like that is San Pedro strong. That is when we step up. You know, we don't always do it right. We we might err on the side of being a little bit gruff. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is we're good people and we care about each other. We care about San Pedro. Yeah. And um and yeah, I, I think that was a good learning moment for folks. 
you yeah. know what's interesting? I like for the longest time I was unfriending people when they were saying just nonsense. And then I realized that maybe I'm one of the only people that can weigh in or give them a perspective that might be a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And can I, can I share one thing with you? Sure, sure. So when I first moved to San Francisco, I was a very, very conservative Republican preacher's kid, went to a military academy, um, carried a Bible in my, in my breast pocket, in my suit pocket. And, um, and I had some ideas that were very inflexible in terms of people. I had a lot of ways in which people could piss me off. I had a lot of ways in which I would show people the door. I feel like Facebook has become that way too. Like it's really easy to unfriend someone because of one thing that they say. But I think what we need to do to remove some of the toxicity from some of our social media, I think we need to look for opportunities to have a dialogue, to have a discussion. Um, I don't know if you saw, but I wrote something this week about um, All Lives Matter and why it hurts me personally when, when folks say that to me. Your 3 a.m. rant. Right? My 3 a.m. rant, exactly. I've um, also been I haven't having been those, sleeping. Yeah, yeah, I haven't either. I really haven't. I was up when you posted that. I mean, yeah. this is mm-hmm. the first time ever that I've ever been able to scroll to the bottom, the bottom, Lee, of my Facebook feed. I didn't know it even ended. And yeah. I reached the yeah. bottom like multiple times, you know? Um, but yeah, continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, uh, uh, and so I, I think it's, um, you know, I, I saw some people that were getting political this morning and obviously we need to take a step away from the news and social media. Some of that can get a little bit toxic and way heavy on your heart. Um, but I think we also should look for opportunities to connect with folks. So some of my responses to folks on Facebook in my head started out with cuss words and ended up with um, things that, you know, really look to try to explain um, my position a little bit better and end with, you know, God bless, be well, we're still in a pandemic. I still care about you. Um, I don't agree with you, but I still, I have hope that um, the decency and the character and the the human underneath Mm -hmm. will rise up and, and be part of the discussion in a meaningful way. So yeah. anyway. I, I really appreciated that post. Um, it's been a little exhausting to continue to see the All Lives Matter response to the Black Lives Matter movement. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's it hurts been, me for two. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Mm-hmm. It hurts me for, for two different reasons. First, it... it when you say Black Lives Matter and they respond with All Lives Matter, it, it, it's telling me that one, you don't think that Black people believe that All Lives Matter, because we do, and, and it's ridiculous to assume that we don't. And two, it, it's just another opportunity to tell Black people to shut up. It's another opportunity to tell Black people they're doing it wrong. It's another opportunity to, um, to try to change our message to something that it's not. It's sort of like if you have a loved one that stubs their toe so bad that they think it's broken, you don't tell them, well, you know, all toes matter. 
they're not going to hear you in that moment. It might be factually correct, all toes matter, but at that moment, it's the one that's most in pain that they're really focused on, right? Mm -hmm. it, it's like a firefighter, you know, coming to a neighborhood, seeing that a house is on fire, and then looking around and saying, well, all houses matter, and mm -hmm. putting the water on all houses rather than the one that's on fire. Yeah. And so it, it's a painful thing for me. It, it um, it hurts when when I hear that because anyone that knows me knows I believe in all lives. And um, you know, I've marched with our gay and lesbian, uh, transgender and queer friends, um, was part of Pride at the Port, um, the first one. I, I've changed, I, I, and like I said, I'm hoping that the people that helped change me to make me a better person that I am today, I hope that I pass along some of that goodwill and and those gestures to others um, to just be a better steward of our planet, be a better um, communicator in our community, and just to be a better human. Yeah, yeah. I have really good long. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh Maybe no. I um, I honestly have wanted you on so you could <laughs> take over the microphone because I know. Yeah. I really, I really respected how you responded to everything that's going on. I wanted to have you on because you have been taking the time to respond carefully and honestly, you know, and not shutting down everybody, but willing to open a, a, a dialogue, you know? Of, it comes of, down to perspective, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It comes down to perspective. So if I'm at a funeral and a funeral mm -hmm. for a friend, and, and I think of the George Floyd um, moment that we're in right now, as a funeral, it's a funeral for him. It's a funeral for Ahmed Aubrey. It's a funeral for um, uh, Brianna Taylor. It's a funeral for um, Nina Pop, who was transgender. Um, it's a, a funeral for countless other people that did not need to die. Um, it both, and, and a lot of folks will, will assume that all of those died at the hands of police. They didn't. It was also, you know, about Chris Cooper, right? The the guy in, in Central Park who yep. is a bird watcher and got threatened with, I'm calling the police and telling them that you're attacking me if you don't tell me this, if you don't stop telling me to put my dog on a leash. I mean, which is it, the rules things escalate really quickly. And even, and, and I guess from what we've heard, she's, you know, uh, um, supposedly a Democrat. So, it has nothing to do with, you know, party or anything. It just has to do with human decency and how things can escalate quickly in an anti-black man way that is so painful. I don't want to get emotional, but it's really, it's difficult to, um, to think about that, you know? And, and when we had our March on Saturday and, um, and, uh, you know, I, I look around me, I, I, and I know pretty much all of the police officers at Harbor Division are, um, a lot of them are good friends. We always wave. Um, I still think that sometimes if I am out and about outside of Harbor Division and um, outside of my role as chairman of the board for the Chamber of Commerce, I'm still just a black man and I'm at risk of something going down. Um, that is way beyond my control. 
and um, you know being misidentified or racially profiled or put in a situation where I could die because someone else is having a bad day. And that's tough. Yeah. That's really tough. That's really painful. But I don't want to get too deep into that. Um, um, I, I, I think, go ahead. I was just going to say, I appreciate your, your honesty and your willingness to be vulnerable because um, I, I feel like a lot of people in our community who are who love our community, who love San Pedro, they, I feel like a lot of them aren't, aren't really seeing the purpose of all of this. They're not yeah. getting it. And, and I wanted, I wanted you to come on so you could shed some light as a fellow San Pedrian, San Pedrian, as somebody who is an advocate for the small business community, as a community leader and say like, this applies to me. This is, you know, this, this affects me, you know? Um, because it feels like, it feels like everybody is so divided on, on social media. And I wanted people to see like, no, this is affecting people that you love and care about, you know, yeah. this is bigger than a political debate, um, on Facebook, you know? Yeah. Every people need to stop looking for ways to, um, to enhance their argument and look for ways to come together. Right. Um, I had mentioned the, the woman who, you know, the far right black woman who, you know, was trying to talk about, make the message more about George Floyd is not a hero, right? This has nothing to do with George Floyd. It has mm -hmm. everything to do with, with the fact that we have, you know, so many George Floyds and we have so many opportunities where, um, where race becomes um, a, a reason for your execution, for a lynching, right? And so, um, you know, when I talk to some of my white friends in terms of white privilege, mm -hmm. you know, as soon as you say the words white privilege, hairs in the back of the neck, you know, spike up and, and their back gets straight and they, they, you know, people brace for it, right? White privilege does not mean that you have had a better life or an easier life than me by any means, right? A lot of my white friends have had a harder life by far than what I've experienced. White privilege just means that the color of your skin didn't contribute to those challenges, didn't contribute to that difficulty that you experience over the course of your life. Mm -hmm. And so um, I, I hope that people understand that. I hope that people get that. Um, it, it's, and I think people end up becoming competitive, you know, in a way they become, um, especially when it comes to politics, they become very competitive in terms of trying to get points or score points based on, on a viewpoint or, or whatnot. But like I said, we need to take a step back. We need to consider this a morning time. We need to consider this a funeral. Um, for all of those black folks that have died unnecessarily and we need to you know behave accordingly right mm -hmm. so in a funeral you wouldn't say well you know what he wasn't all that great it's just not the time and place to say that right or you know what he had diabetes he would have died anyway you know it's just so grossly inappropriate right yeah. and and it, it's not a place to say well what about the black cops that died today or what about the cops that died today? It's just, 
it, it's just such an unnecessarily insertion of 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 animosity yeah. and and evil that it just we just need to stop we just need to look for opportunities to come together to assume that we're all good people and that we want a better world for each other and until we prove each other different let's let's try to connect yeah if yeah. you drive by my house right now you'll see um at, at night we have a, a giant heart that's lit up in our front yard and um I, I just i hope that we understand that san pedro strong means that we are all in this together that when one part of us is hurting you know and longshoremen say an injury to one is an injury to all right mm -hmm. let's live that let's let's help people that are injured mm -hmm. so that the least of us can um can rise up so that we can be better as a collective yeah. so sorry that was rambling but um no part yeah, of what you're saying is is rambling at all um you, you know i i think that i think that a lot of people are having these conversations and it's like a lot of it feels like rambling but i actually feel like it's a lot of Cathartic. figuring things out you know yeah. we are having these conversations i'm having them with my friends and my family and it's like it feels like we don't know where the end of the conversation is i don't know exactly the point i'm trying to make I'm just literally talking things out and we're talking things out, but I think that there's so much good coming out of these conversations because they're enlightening. And if you're having them with people that you love and respect, then you're listening, you know? Um, right. Everything about what you said is so true. I, I've never, I haven't heard your analogy about this, you know, the Black Lives Matter protest and everything that we're seeing now that sparked from George Floyd's death, I haven't seen the analogy that this is basically a funeral. We are grieving for all of the lives that have been lost for no purpose other than the color of their skin. I mean, let's just be honest and, 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 and frank about it. You know, Ahmed Arbery was on a, a jog in his community. He was running, yeah. He was running and was hunted down by two white men. There should and be Lynch. no- there yeah there should be no debate about that there really should not be any debate about what happened there we should all be grieving for his life we should all be grieving for brianna taylor who lost her life in her own home sleeping yeah because, and she was the wrong person and the door kicked in yep the door wrong kicked person. in no knock yeah. warrant you know I, I went over these incidents you know in the last um in the last episode i literally broke them down because i wanted to give some context to what we're seeing across the nation and how you know you can't you can't have this conversation without talking about why it's happening you know and i, I haven't heard the analogy that this is a, a funeral this is a grieving process for all of us on those lives and to think of it that way it really does make the all lives matter um response pretty pretty cruel and pretty um pretty heartless, honestly. Now that you're saying it, it makes it really terrible. Um, and so I hope all of you who are listening who have used that before, like, don't get me wrong, I have thought that before. Back when I didn't understand it, I have thought that to myself. I understand what you wanna say, especially as Christians. Can I just say for the Christian community, it's been really hard for people to just 
isolate one group of people and say that they matter, Black Lives Matter. Um, and I think that's because we know that, you know, Jesus came for all, he saved all lives, you know, and, and I've just been like, yeah, but do you understand that Black Lives Matter literally, I feel like that movement is the only one who gets the concept that all lives matter. And they're just having to specify because it feels like Black lives don't, you know? Right. I, I'm like, you guys, that's literally what we're saying is all lives matter. And that includes yes. the Black community, you know? And I mean, those are just some of the realizations I've been coming to and, and, and out of the anger and frustration with people who consistently say all lives matter. I hope that that the the funeral analogy which really isn't an analogy we're everybody who's a part of this movement is grieving we are grieving for all of the lives that we have lost needlessly violently solely for the purpose of uh, solely because of their skin color you know whether it was at the hands of a police officer which was in the case of george floyd and in the case of so many um, but in the case of Ahmed Arbery, he was just hunted down and to use your word, lynched, which is what it was, you know, by two white men for no reason. They didn't have a badge. They had no authority. They had no business yeah. doing that. So come I, to I, find I, out it's three white men now. Yeah. The, the one that was videotaping wanted to use it as justification oh, for God. what they did. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, you're, you're right. Sorry. It, it's just disgusting. Um, I, I appreciate your analogy because I really hope that it hits home with people who continue to use it. Um, you know, going through Facebook, I, I'm, I'm knowing, I'm realizing I need to take a step back because a lot of my posts have just been like really angry, vicious posting. And I'm like, you guys need to get it. But I am reading a lot and I'm, I'm listening and I'm learning. I'm reading the articles. I'm watching other videos and, and in the process, my heart keeps breaking, you know? but I feel like our hearts need to break so that we can understand what's happening. You know, I think that- You know what changed it for me? Go ahead, yeah. I'm sorry. Ethan, no, no, go no, go, go ahead. You know what, the, the deciding thing for me was, and it's gonna sound political, but I listened to um, Barack Obama's commencement speech and, and that's what brought it all home to me because, you know, he, he really articulated a lot of the things I was feeling. And, and, you know, it's one thing to feel pain. It's another thing to feel, okay, so now what do we do? So what do we do with this pain? How do we grow from this? What do we learn from this? How do we change to make this not happen again? How do we adjust? How do we adapt? How do we become better people? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and it wasn't a political video at all, but, it really showed a stark contrast mm -hmm. between the leadership that we have and the leadership that we had and the leadership that we need for the future. Mm -hmm. And so I hope people really get that. I hope people start to value character. Mm -hmm. I hope people really start to, you know, internalize and to connect with their values. I hope that people read um, Micah 6.8 and understand you know in the old testament understand what it means to be a good christian what it means to be um a, a child of god and mm -hmm. so for me i think it all comes down to like i said being being decent um now i think we had talked about 
a little bit before the um did we talk about the police um and and the defunding of the police did we, we didn't that? because honestly a lot of that sparked after we had talked on the phone and right. i yeah. i'm still in the process of understanding what that means i have like you know opened some articles on my phone so i could look back and read later because i don't know what that means you know um if you want to speak to that feel free yeah i i do want to speak to that because that that has become a major focus and i think about the the years that we've put into reopening our jail the years that we've invested into community policing the uh, you know the amount of focus that we placed on trying to reduce service times and trying to connect with our police officers. I think it's important that our officers are not driving down to 77 to drop off people that they've arrested, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's important that they have something local and they can be back on the streets waving at me as they drive by and I'll wave back at them and, and we recognize the people, you know, each other and 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 community policing means, you know, having the police here in our community. I'm concerned about some of the talk about defunding the police. Um, I think that uh, it, it, my biggest concern comes from the fact that people look at the large number, and it's a huge number in terms of the police budget, and it's a huge proportion of our entire city budget, right? And it's hard not to look at that number and say, wait a minute, that's a lot of money. How can we use it elsewhere, right? Um, and I'm totally cool with us using money effectively in other areas. I think that if we can divert people off the road to interacting with the police in a negative way, mm -hmm. um, that is going to save us in the money that we spend on the police, right? Mm -hmm. And I fully support all of the different things that kept me on the right track and would keep other young folks black and white um, poor, um, mostly, and and otherwise, folks from um, having more challenges than they need to have. But we need to have a plan in place before we talk about any of that. And it's not about okay, let's earmark these funds and then decide on the fly how we're going to spend it. It's really about okay, what are the things that would be effective? What's been vetted? What's been um, tried and true? Mm -hmm. And and you know. California, we have a lot of situations where we we throw money at a problem, but we don't throw it well. Yeah. We don't do a good, we're not good stewards with our money. So I wanna make sure that we're not reducing our service levels here in San Pedro in terms of our police force. And I wanna make sure that if we do use money elsewhere, it doesn't necessarily need to come from the police and it shouldn't come from education, um, but we, we if we have good things that make sense, then let's talk about those things. Mm -hmm. Let's have a good plan. Let's have a great what next before we start talking about earmarking money. That's my only stance. That's my only challenge. Because if you're going to say, I'm taking money away, I'm going to change our you know, response times from the police from three minutes to five minutes, and I want to know what I'm going to gain for those two extra minutes where I'm at risk because the police aren't at my door for an extra two minutes, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. You know, and I, I as I mentioned, I'm kind of just listening right now to that conversation because I, I still don't fully 
understand what it is or you know people are doing um i know that in minneapolis that has already that ball has already begun rolling they are disbanding the police or something like that yeah i honestly don't know what that means i haven't i haven't they don't yeah. they don't know what it means no one knows what it means yeah i i mean to me that sounds upsetting because as much as much as we are out on the streets and and, and having to shout the black lives matter like i mean i don't know how many times it has to be repeated it doesn't mean that others don't and it doesn't mean that we don't need our police officers we need our police officers they're an integral part of our community they keep our community safe you know i feel like that's not the problem the problem is the bad apples that are causing more harm you know and so i i, I feel like i can't be a part of the police uh, defunding the police, police um, disbanding conversation because I'm not fully there yet with the understanding of what that all means. So you know what I think um, Democrats or, or, or people that are in that vein that might want to defund the police, I think something that they might recognize is the whole repeal and replace. Remember when we were talking about the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and um, you know, the Republicans want to, sorry, this whole talk has become very political, but it seems like that's where we are. Um, okay. But remember when the Republicans wanted to repeal and replace without a replacement, without really having a plan, they just wanted to cancel what we were doing that was mm -hmm. insuring 30 million folks and, and they'll make up a plan once they get, I, I feel like this whole defund the police is a little bit that way. Yeah. that we don't have a good plan on how we want to spend the money. We just know that we want to demilitarize and to defund. And um, and I think that those extremes mm -hmm. are dangerous mm -hmm. on both counts. I think we need more healthcare. I think we need more um, better community policing. And, and so you just fix those two things. You don't mm -hmm. throw them out. Right, right. Um, yeah, I hear you on that. And I feel like the extremes is where we do get a little lost, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the March on Saturday. Yes. How Wasn't that was, great? It was great. Well, first of all, my family showed up a little late, but it ended up being kind of good because we were way in the back and we were very socially distant. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, although I did want my stepdaughter to really feel what it was like to be in the crowd. You know, I, I remember when I just had my baby and I, I, I've never been an activist whatsoever, never been my thing, never cared for politics ever. But when I started seeing the videos and images of, you know, kids in cages, um, which again should not be a, a political thing, but it is. No. So I'm, yeah. I apologize for me. Isn't that crazy how we live in that world? But yeah, yeah. absolutely. I am I don't mean to get political and my goal is never to be political on the podcast but these things get politicized and it's a shame but that is what turned me into um a very aware person and that's what made me into an activist I had my baby and I'm a brown girl you know I'm Mexican and to see all of these mothers be separated from their kids was really really hard um I yeah extremely hard and it's tough because it's one thing to be woke, it's another thing to get out of bed. And so I'm hoping that you are looking at where we are now. We've seen tragedy after tragedy, kids in cages 
I was wearing a, that shirt last night. I had um, wine with uh, socially distanced wine with um, <laughs> with my friend um, Amber. Yeah. And uh, and Amber um, Ginsburg. <laughs> yes. And so I was wearing a shirt about you know it, it's crazy yeah. that kids in cages. It's crazy that Black lives don't matter enough to folks. It's crazy that we're not pouring money into infrastructure into education. Right. It's crazy that people can be homeless in the most prosperous country on the planet. Right. It's crazy that people can get old and feel disconnected and not yeah. have anyone that takes care of them. Yeah. So these social issues are, are extremely important. I, I feel like all of these issues have one thing in common and that is their humanitarian issues you know what i mean this these issues shouldn't really be political they are a humanity issue you know it's like what are we tolerating um what i mean how many what are we okay with tolerating to the lives of human beings you know that's that's the real question and it doesn't matter you know right you know red or blue or or republican or democrat it really shouldn't matter we should all be able to come to the table and be like yeah that's not okay. This is our perspective on it. This is our perspective on it. how do we fix it? You know, we should all have the agreement that that's not okay. And then, yeah, there might be different ways that we disagree about going about it, but we should all agree on that very thing. And, you know, a, a lot of people will say, oh, I agree. It was a terrible thing. They always have a but, you know, but, a but. exactly. And it's a so, counterpoint. When you look at the, when you, when I take in your analogy of this is a grieving, this is us grieving over the black lives that have been lost because of the systemic racism that continues to harm people of color. It's really heartbreaking to hear people say, but, you know, you don't say that at a funeral. You don't say that to a mother who's grieving, you know, mm -hmm. and you don't say that to people who are grieving. You just don't. And you don't yes, do it. We do love the lives of everybody. And people who lost their lives to cancer is heartbreaking. And people who lost their lives because they wore the badge in the line of duty, this is heartbreaking. Every single soul that has passed is heartbreaking. We don't, we know that there's heartbreak. What we're, tr I think the purpose is to highlight how much heartbreak is hitting. You know, there's a disproportionate amount that is hitting our people of color. And, and yeah. this is the funeral, this is the grieving process, and you don't bring up everybody else at that funeral. At you know? that moment, yeah. And you're, and, so, uh, you're so right about it. Yeah, I, I think, I agree. I think Saturday was a really amazing um, step in the right direction, literally steps in the right direction yeah. for San Pedro, um, walking along with you know some of our elected officials, obviously, and then you know the families. I, I was walking with Trump supporters, and um, and I am not, and, um, and and we're buddies, we're friends, you know. And, and I was walking along with with police mm -hmm. and, that I love and respect. I was walking along with um, clergy that I love and respect. Yeah. And I was really taken aback by um, you know when we left the police station, we we started out with a prayer, and I think some people misunderstood it. Definitely, the Daily Breeze misunderstood that moment, um, unfortunately. Um, and, and then we, we did the march and then we ended up at the city hall and we, 
um, heard from a lot of folks, we heard a lot of opinions, and then we did the eight minutes, 46 seconds kneeling, something I had not done. You know, I have old football knees, so kneeling is something that's not easy for me to do in general. But um, I was sitting there next to um, Joe's wife, Jay, and, and um, Joe Fusciano, uh, his wife's Jay, and I was sitting there um, kneeling during the eight minutes and 46 seconds and just weeping because, you know, that was a long time and I was uncomfortable on my knees. And I kept thinking about that. Imagine that the discomfort I would have felt if someone's knee was on my neck. On the asphalt, like in the middle of the street. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it really hit me. And I was never a fan of, of Kaepernick um, or his protest, um, but I've always gotten it. I've always respected his right to, to do it. And um, it really, uh, yeah, it really hit home with me as we were kneeling and imagining, you know, giving up everything as a professional player. Remember when everyone was saying, shut up, you're a millionaire. You know, shut up! Your your you made it out. Um, he was reaching back and saying, "I would give all of this up to save Black Lives. I will give all of this up to do the right thing, to be a better person, to be a human, to be decent." And you know, it, it's just like everyone hated Muhammad Ali um, when he was protesting, right? Everyone hated while he was alive, Martin Luther King was heavily despised by the majority of Americans. Um, I'm not saying that we're going to welcome Kaepernick into sainthood, but what I'm saying is people that take a stand for something that they believe in and are willing to give up everything for others to make this a better world, that I have a lot of respect for. So the, the, the march really meant a lot to me. There were a lot of good conversations. I talked to Chief Moore afterwards, you know, we were talking about tough on the knees and we were talking about the, you know, the pain of, of the George Floyd video in terms of the knee on the neck. And um, I, I think if, if anyone walks away from this, um, this crisis that we're in, um, I hope that they they take away the fact that one, we're in a pan- pandemic that's all about trying to keep each other safe, right? And then two, that Black Lives um, hopefully has come to the forefront enough to where we can make meaningful change to value Black Lives so we can get to a point where all lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, the the eight minutes and 46 seconds that we were silent and and kneeling well i I had a toddler who i was just really focused on keeping you know chill during that process but didn't want to take away from anything else but he was really being really good during that time and i was able to really reflect on what we were doing and it was like immediately the moment i i realized that this is the amount of time that you know, George Floyd had a knee on his neck and this is that time that he was pleading for his life. Um, that's when it really started to hit me too. 
and I did you hear the voices I heard the voices and those voices were so heartbreaking and 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 it was uncomfortable it was uncomfortable to be like oh my god like we are you know these are the things that he said he called out for his mama he he said I can't breathe so many times you know and for people to be shouting that in all of this silence while we are kneeling in respect to a man who lost his life unnecessarily it was really it was really heartbreaking it really was and um yeah i i as a parent you know it's been it's been an interesting and new challenge for me to kind of show what this means to my kids and and of course my son is 2 years old you know he had a little yeah. he had a little protest sign which was just a bunch of different color scribbles you know i i saw that on on pinterest and i was like you know i like that i like not putting the words in my kids mouths and giving them a sign i like them putting it uh, themselves you know and i just he's only two so i just gave him a marker and let him go to town but um you know for my for my stepdaughter she's 11 years old and i had to i had to explain to her why we were silent for so long she didn't understand what we were doing and I had to explain it to her and walk her through that. And so having these really, you know, tough conversations about life and death and about race with kids who are younger, I feel like that's the work that we need to be doing now. That's the, that's a, a way, a step toward the right way, you know, that's a step in the right direction. And, you know, cause I didn't have those conversations, you know, um, and I don't mean they don't, they just belong in with parents. You know, it, it, I think history doesn't show an accurate reflection of what took place. I, I did not get the full American histories, you know, in class. I did not. And I'm learning things right now. Um, I'm, I keep calling it my homework, you know, uh, I'm, I'm yeah. doing my homework and I'm learning things right now that are breaking my heart and you can't unsee the photos. You can't unsee, you know, the pictures. Um, and, and yeah, it's really, it's really devastating. What I loved about the unity March is that it was with our local officers and it was with people who want their voices to be heard. And I loved that we came together in Pedro to do that. Um, I've, I've pretty much all I really wanted to come out of this episode was unity, understanding, healing, and, and hope, you know, and I feel like that unity march did a lot of that, you know, for people who don't really understand, it was a great time to listen in here. And for people who need, who are hurting and need to be heard, you know, that was a really great moment of healing. And I feel like it ended in a really hopeful way. And it was really nice to disperse at the end and see people that we love, you know, and um, socially distanced, <laughs> walk, in, walk up the up, up 6th Street. And, um, you know, I went to Sirens after that and got a coffee, really refreshing iced coffee, let me just say. And it, and it was nice to be there with my family and reflect and, and know that we did our part in history, you know. Yeah, and exactly. it was a, it was a proud moment as a San Pedro to see everybody who came together. Um, it was beautiful. I agree. I, I think uh, there there were a lot of people that were um, put off by the potential of violence and and had the wrong conception of what was taking place there. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of people didn't show that 
afterwards, you know, followed up with me and said, oh my goodness, I wish I had gone. I wish I had taken my kids. And um, I'm thankful, very thankful of the folks that did show up and did take an opportunity to get outside their comfort zone, mm -hmm. to experience a little something different than what they're used to, mm -hmm. and to support um, a community that isn't, um, you know, to support a people that they're not a part of. Yeah. So, you know, white folks, Hispanic folks, Asian folks, um, gay, straight, it, it was good to see a great collection of, of folks coming together in support of um, a population that's under attack. So mm -hmm. that was beautiful to see. Yeah, absolutely. It really was. Um, I, I can't think of a better place to kind of end because what that march did for San Pedro is, is do those things that I wanted to accomplish here in the podcast. And um, again, it was just to unify us as, as a community, bring understanding, hopefully bring healing to people that are hurting and to create hope that, you know, we will get through this. You know, I, I loved your shirt, you know, Pedro strong. And I, mm -hmm. I thought that was, I like that it, it highlighted the need for our community to stick together, you know, that while the yeah. entire country is very, very, very divided and we're seeing so much violence on Facebook and division on Facebook, I loved that you highlighted our community and, and wanted us to stay strong, you know? Right. Thank you. Can I, can I just end with um, the, the, a great quote um, from the, um, amazing and spiritually guided and beautiful and just brilliant um, Allegra Ginsburg, who said, um, weren't they listening to Martin Luther King when she was hearing about the troubles of the Black community? Um, and so I hope that we all take a moment to listen. And I hope we take a moment to feel and understand and connect because mm -hmm. we take so many opportunities to disconnect i hope that we take an opportunity to really connect and and hear the pain of of folks that are in need of help yeah. and and do something about it mm -hmm. not remain silent mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's Absolutely. it thank you amanda i love these podcasts i i just i think it's wonderful that you do them and what you bring to the community and what you bring to San Pedro. We need more of this. And it's stuff like this that makes me hopeful for our future because of what you're instilling in your children and what you're instilling in our, your community. Um, thank you for that. Thank you. Um, I This podcast would be nothing without its guests. So thank you. Thank you for being a part of this really difficult conversation a part of this often divisive conversation and and thank you for for being in it with me um yeah and and being such a, a wonderful example and leader to our community so i i really i appreciate it and on behalf of our community i want to say thank you thank you virtual hug i virtual miss hugs hug. the most hugs yeah. are what i miss the most i know elbow elbow uh what do you call it elbows <laughs> don't do it elbow, yeah no exactly. All right, um, big love to you. Be well. And you thank too. you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll talk to you. Bye-bye.